0: Hello and welcome to Can We Still Be Friends, a podcast that tests the limits of the friendship between two people who mistake movie taste for personal morality. Each episode is devoted to one piece of pop culture that we can't agree on. As a way of preserving the friendship and reaching common ground, we revisit the work, hear each other out, and decide whether our friendship truly can survive. I'm Nate Goss.
1: And I'm Ryan Ebling. It's springtime. Uh, The weather's warming up. That is to say, we believe that eventually the weather will warm up. Uh, Baseball season has begun. And since Nate and I are probably more likely to hit our own faces with a bat than to make contact with any pitch thrown our way, we've decided to honor America's pastime in our own way, arguing about a baseball movie. We've even brought in some dirt to kick at each other, and you can't see it, but we're both wearing caps just so we can throw them on the ground indignantly. This episode, we're discussing the 1993 movie, The Sandlot. Can Nate convince me that not liking the Sandlot is as unforgivable as not knowing who the Great Bambino is? Or can I show Nate that he's been wrong all these years and help him to get out of the biggest pickle he's ever been in?
0: Stay tuned. Hey, you want
2: a s'more? Some more wood. No, 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 you want a s'more? I haven't had anything yet. So, how can I have some more of nothing? You're killing me, Smalls. All right, we'll cut one. These are s'more stuff, okay? Bird pay job, attention. First, you take the gram. You stick the chocolate on up. the gram. Then, you roast the malo. No, it's my sleeping bag. My... When the malo's flaming, it's, it is yours. It's a yellow stain. Uh-huh. you stick it on the chocolate. I'm gonna set the place Then, on fire, you cover it with the other end. Yeah, me too. Then you scuff. I don't like that it's Kind of messy, Go. but good. Try okay.
0: <sighs> hmm. That clip always makes me want to s'more. How about you, Ryan? <laughs>
1: uh I don't know. I've always hated the fact that he calls it a mallow, a mallow, whatever he calls it. You don't like that? No, I'm sorry. I've never called it that in
0: my life. I've never called it a marshmallow again in my life. (laughs) It's the first time ever, actually. All right. So if you can tell from the clip, we are talking about The Sandlot, the 1993 movie. And um, if you have not seen The Sandlot, we're going to be talking about it in depth. So you need to watch it beforehand or you're going to be full of, uh, you're going to be spoiled, I guess is what we'll, is that what you call it? If someone spoils something for you? It doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem right. (laughs) I think that's what it is. Yeah. So go ahead and go to the library and get The Sandlot, check it out, watch it, and then come back to this podcast episode. For those of you who have seen The Sandlot, but it's been a while, I uh, have the DVD box right here, and I think I'm going to let the DVD do all the talking for me. So here's a quick synopsis of The Sandlot. It's the early 1960s. The fifth grader Scotty Smalls has just moved into town with his folks. Kids call him a dork. He can't even throw a baseball. But that changes when the leader of the neighborhood gang recruits him to play on the nearby sandlot field. It's the beginning of a magical summer of baseball. Wild adventures, first kisses, and fearsome confrontations with the dreaded beast and its owner, who live behind the left field fence. Soon, nine boys have become best friends. Scotty is part of a team, and their leader has become a local legend in
1: this hilarious and wholehearted comedy. Actually, I don't think you need to see the movie anymore. That pretty much takes you to the end of it. All right, now the Sandlot didn't do amazingly well at the box office, grossing just over uh, $32 million. It's got a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it was pretty well received. Um, were, I will add 90%, though, from the audience. 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, the Rotten Tomatoes yeah. thing. Okay, that's what I was about to say. Oh, sorry. Thank you I for interrupting I didn't mean me. to spo- get you spoiled. Yeah, sorry. you've spoiled <laughs> me. However, the real story of the Sandlot's reception is in its current status, as a movie that many people revere because they loved it when they were children. I guess that's a little slanted uh, take on that. <laughs> it's often quoted, perhaps too often, hmm. and is the kind of movie that will elicit nearly universal praise from most people. I'll say that again nearly universal praise from most people. Why does that need to get said again? Can't we just let it be? (laughs) No, we can't. Okay. (laughs) Maybe we should jump
0: in then to where I think you're naturally leading this discussion, which is talking about our original reception to the Sandlot when we, when we uh, first watched it, whatever age that was.
1: Yeah. And I got to say my, uh, what I'm going to talk about here is partly my initial reaction and partly my, um, view of it over the years before rewatching it for this episode okay um when i was a kid i loved movie trailers and if youtube had existed when we were kids i probably would have spent hours just watching trailers and not much has changed then huh? no that's true it's days now not just hours watching trailers um but the sandlot trailer sticks out in my memory because I remember that one image of the giant dog the beast yeah. The baseball. Yeah. Like I was and I I couldn't figure out like how does a giant dog fit in with a baseball movie? <laughs> I remember movie. that too. Yeah. And I think looking back I think I was pretty literal minded because it didn't connect with me that they were just showing the kid's perception of the dog. Right. It was kind of dim. I remember actually during the there was the Father of the Bride trailer. Where like he imagines his daughter saying, "I met a boy in Rome and we're getting married," and I was like, "Oh, isn't that funny?" Her little sister is saying the same thing. Like, <laughs> it did not connect with me at all that there was some fantasy element. Um, but so I remember snippets of the movie, and I, I think I liked it just fine when I saw it as a kid. Um,
0: so when did you see this movie? How old how old were you? When or did I was you a see, kid. Yeah. You, you okay. saw it when it did. You see it in the theater? Did you see
1: it? No, uh, I saw it on VHS. Tape, yeah. Uh, but this was when it.
0: Yeah, it would have been in release. Yeah, okay. it,
1: it would have been on the outer wall of Blockbuster, not yeah, on the inner The shelves. perimeters where yeah. we all stayed. Right. <laughs> rarely <laughs> venturing inwards. Right. Um, and so I, I think uh, over time I've I've um, bristled at the near constant quoting to death of lines like, You're killing me, Smalls, and forever.
2: Forever. 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 forever
1: and i roll my eyes to be honest whenever i hear them but i can't fault the movie for that that's not the movie's fault uh, i've just never had the undying affection for the movie that most people have so i was afraid that this would be a tough rewatch because it's more or less a movie for kids and i wondered will i as an adult just not connect with things that aren't supposed that are aren't supposed to be more than just amusing for kids um And in reflecting on the movie, I think one thing that didn't work for me as a kid was how much I remember it being a movie about adults remembering being kids. You didn't like that part of it? Right. I didn't connect with it. Okay. I don't think as a kid. Um... And for me, having, you know, a scary big dog would have been enough, but you had to go and make it confusing by making it this big dog so that adults could remember. <laughs> you just weren't it just getting just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: Wait, so is this dog big and yeah, now it's what's smaller
1: <laughs> Why isn't anybody questioning the shape-shifting powers of this dog? <laughs> so um, I felt like, uh, in reflection, I don't think I had this coherent of a thought as a kid watching the movie, I, that kids did, don't need to be reminded of what it's like to be a kid. So was this movie for kids or was it for adults? Nowadays, movies are clearly marketed to both, and there's mixed results for that. But in 1993, maybe the balance just wasn't so often aspired to, and The Sandlot was pioneering new territory. So, any lack of nuance to that end that I'm remembering should be forgiven. I was of several minds before I watched this yeah. movie. <laughs> you were a tortured soul as I a was, child, yeah. I can tell.
0: <laughs> Okay. Well, why don't I tell you a little bit about when I first watched the Sandlot and we know from the preview in the last episode that I am the one that loves this movie and the, that you were the one that was just kind of okay with it. Right. And um, so this is one of my all time favorites. And especially if it, if you're going to ask me what my favorite baseball movie, maybe even sports movie, if you can even call this a sports movie, I don't really know that we could, we can debate that even I think, but mm-hmm. um, this is always at the top of my list. But the crazy thing is I actually I I tried I can't remember the first time I saw this movie. Hmm. It is so ingrained into me as just being a part of who I am. I know I've seen I can't even count how many times I've seen it, but I don't I don't remember the first time it was not in the theater. But I do remember seeing that trailer with the big dog yeah. and thinking like, boy, is that is it does it have this horror or scary element to it? Like, right, right. And um, and really not getting it. And then I think it might have been at like a, a cousin's house or something that they had it on VHS and, and we finally watched it. And um, I, I don't. I don't remember the first time I watched it, but I just remember watching it over and over and mm. over again. And I think that that is a lot of people's shared experience, which is why it gets quoted so often. Um, you know, when you're a kid, especially hearing something, maybe, maybe for you, it was different for me. I think when you heard something quoted over and over and over again, it just doesn't seem to tire as easily as it does these days. If I hear something quoted yeah. over and over and over again. Um, but I do remember when I watched it, uh, I just know that I was the I was the perfect age for this movie. This movie was a movie that was made for, I was like the target audience for this movie. I was the age of the kids in the movie, maybe a little bit younger, but not by much. I think I was Um, too. I
1: was nine. Right. And I loved sports and baseball. Like this, I, Thought, as a kid before right. I saw the movie. And I baseball thought...
0: was the only sport I actually played when I oh. was a kid. Like in, in school, um, you know, and that was what me and my brother did all the time was we just played catch in the backyard all the time, all <laughs> summer long. Um but and maybe that's why I loved it so much. For me, it wasn't nostalgia. I was watching it as, as my life. This was my life. Uh, and and only now do I watch it with any tinge of nostalgia. Um, and and so it had been a couple years, though, since I had watched it, and I, I'll talk about just my fear before watching it, before we actually get into our experience re-watching it. I had the fear that this was not going to hold up because of my nostalgia for the experience of watching The Sandlot. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I had this nostalgic memory of how much I loved this movie, mm-hmm. and I was really scared that going back to it, it just wasn't going to hold up, and yeah. it was going to be way more dated than I remember. It was, the comedy was going to fall flat, and it yeah. just wasn't going to have any appeal to Mean whatsoever. Throw everything you believed into
1: question. Yes,
0: as a uh, cynical thirty-something adult, (laughs) (laughs) does the Sandlot
1: still have meaning? (laughs) It's a good question. It is a good question. So, uh, there's a lot riding on this viewing for you. There was, yeah. Yeah. And how'd it go? Um, I was. Okay, so should we just
0: jump into it then? Let's sure. let's talk about our, um, our rewatching um, uh, experience. I think so. So I rewatched this movie, uh, my wife had never seen this before, which Ever? I thought was unforgivable. I <laughs> I
1: yeah. don't know if my I made I maybe think a, my wife a literal, had literal No, my wife had. We yeah, watched it Spelina. together. Okay. Wow, I'm surprised
0: actually. Yeah, she had never seen it. Huh. So, uh, and I only found out maybe about two years ago that she had never seen Jurassic Park until I made So, I don't what? know what the deal was with my wife's childhood.
1: 1993, but, <laughs> same year. I that's can't true. Believe.
0: Maybe she just. Was she in a coma? I, I'll <laughs> ask her that. I don't really know. There's obviously a lot I don't know about my really? wife and her childhood. <laughs> That's besides the point though. You may Um, want to
1: freeze your bank accounts until you find
0: more. Okay, I'm on it. (laughs) Pull the app up real quick. But um so we decided to watch it together because I was also I thought I would get the experience of someone who had never seen it before, the fresh eyes. And she was an adult, so that would be interesting. And she's a girl, so this is obviously a boys movie. So very uh, obvious. Yeah. So you know, I thought that this would be an interesting thing to do. And when I first put on the DVD, um I was worried. Because the first scenes in this movie have that nineties sort of music to it, mm-hmm. and it's got the, um, it it just, it's got this, uh, graphic that comes up yeah. in the sandlot that's right. so 90s. And I was like, I don't remember it being this dated at all. Well, and yeah. I was really getting scared, like really? biting my nails, scared, but, uh, but you know what? I, I biting your nails, scared, really? I bite my nails all the time. So really that wasn't, it <laughs> wasn't a point out. It was biting my nails, biting comma, my nails scared. as I always do, comma, scared, Okay, but, um, then I let it go for a little bit, and it's basically as soon as they, as soon as um, he starts reminiscing, and it jumps back in time, I was right back where I remember this movie being. That this movie, uh, I think, once it got going, it, it held up so well to me, and it held up just as much as I remembered it. I, I absolutely adore this movie. I think it's great, and I think it works on so many levels. And I hope that we get to talk about a lot of them. But I, I do want to hear just your initial reactions to this movie.
1: Um. Yeah, I in 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 a strange way the '90sness of it, um, I think, transported me to the appropriate uh, place of nostalgia that it was trying to um, engender in the adults at the time of the okay. '60s. I feel like you're that, you're the next start, step for <laughs> right. Like it's sort of a meta. I don't know, not not meta, but like second generation nostalgia that the the music and the title and the credits, I was like, Oh yeah. I, it really reminded me of a lot of stuff from my um, childhood. It, it brought me back to that time watching the trailer. It yeah. brought me back to a lot of things. Um, but I think that's sort of incidental. It, it wasn't necessarily on the part of the filmmakers to let's make this really dated <laughs> <So> right? <laughs> in the future people will. Um, but I think, that the nostalgia that is intended it really does work. Um I think it just fosters this general nostalgia uh maybe not necessarily for the 60s uh but just for childhood and mm-hmm. when summer meant you didn't have to do anything yeah. but go outside. That was it. like your your only obligation. Um so my my fear before watching it was that as an adult uh you know, it wouldn't work because it was a movie geared toward kids. Mm-hmm. But what ended up happening, surprisingly, is that as an adult, I really bought into the nostalgia to the, the view of childhood. It took me back to um, just what it was like to be a kid. And I, 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 I enjoyed watching the movie a lot more than I thought I would. <sighs> I'm so relieved.
0: Because <clears throat> I did not want to argue about this movie, I'm sure and we'll know, get into some things. I'm get, we'll get into some things that we maybe th- see a little bit differently or don't think this isn't a perfect movie. But, no. oh, uh, but but go ahead. I'm just I just wanted to express that a weight has been lifted off That's my shoulders I, at
1: this I, point. I mean, I didn't. It, it would have been lousy of me to make you to, to rake you over the coals for this because it's it is a movie for kids. There's some broad things. There's some you know problems i have with it but i wasn't going to make you defend it and have you just say well i'm sorry i liked it when i was a kid um so i did enjoy it i tried to be as open as i possibly mm-hmm. could um uh the things that were clearly geared towards kids really fell flat with me i don't think the movie is funny really oh um, really yeah i don't i don't I, know
0: i i was surprised how much i still laughed out loud but i wonder though do you think it's a a reflection of my experience watching it as a kid i was laughing before it even happened that's the thing i was like sure uh we can talk about specific scenes i'm
1: sure then i don't i don't remember how much i thought i i think as a kid i didn't really think it was that funny okay um and so definitely now as an adult i didn't think it was funny i thought um But overall, it was an enjoyable experience, which is odd. I I enjoyed myself, even though I wasn't laughing when I was supposed to. I I just really thought that it, for some reason, uh, the character of Scotty Smalls uh, resonated with me this time around. I think I was not necessarily like a dorky kid, but I was a really nervous kid, and they're really like. So when he, you know, falls to pieces when the Babe Ruth ball gets hit over the fence, yeah, like that's that scene really the anguish there was just like well, so identifiable this... and there's just a lot to identify with in this movie yeah i think smalls is definitely the one that i identified with as a kid do you remember learning how to throw i remember uh
0: where i learned i don't remember how though i mean i learned in little league um, I don't remember like ever
1: learning that. I think I was a natural athlete.
0: <laughs> but it is a weird thing. Like, you watch him throw the ball for the first time, and you think to yourself, how do you learn that? It yeah. is not a natural thing to to know what to do, I don't think, you know? Yeah.
1: I, I don't know. It was... I mean, th- that scene was a little silly. If he already knows how to throw a newspaper... Well, you're on your you bike, and you gotta...
0: To that's, a, that's a different kind of throw.
1: That is, but that's not how he described it. Okay.
0: doesn't really matter, but... The, the point, though, I think is that I was thinking about this as I was watching it now is this is before the Internet. This is before you can you have the quick reference of just looking something up. Uh-huh. So how do you learn new things in general? How did I learn new things in general when I was a kid? Yeah. You learn it through your peers, which is going to be um, shaky knowledge at best. Usually yeah. uh, you're going to learn it through your parents um, or uh, you're just going to have to maybe go to the library and get a book about it or something. But I just think that for me, it was like, how did I learn about baseball? My dad did not teach me baseball. Really? And I remember now that I learned the same way Smalls did. I pretended like I knew what I was talking about when I was talking to my friends who all loved baseball. And obviously their dads had showed them how to play baseball. <laughs> and and, and we, would, we would play. This was actually in Little League. This wasn't necessarily just us kind of throwing the ball together on our, on yeah. our own. It's it's an interesting thing to think about that I think it in the movie portrays it so well that there's this element when you're in especially in that junior high age and you're just trying to fit in yeah and you're you you can't let people know that you don't know something right but you obviously don't know something <laughs> So yeah. you kind of have to piece it together and sometimes you piece it together in some very yeah. erroneous kind of ways yeah. yeah I had no idea who they were talking about
2: what did you say. What, were you born in a barn, man? Yeah, yeah, what planet are you from?
0: But there was no way I could let them know.
2: You never heard of Salted a Swat? The Titan of Terror. The Colossus of Clout? The Colossus of Clout. The King of Crash, man. So, I lied. Oh, yeah, the Great Bambino. Of course. I thought you said the Great Bambi. That wimpy deer? Yeah. I guess. Uh, sorry.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it gets a lot of things right about um the the uncertainty of that age and the joys of that age that mm-hmm. just you know how great it was yeah. to have fireworks or like just whatever. Right. Um I think it works on that level uh really well. Um
0: I think it's a very honest real feeling movie in a lot of ways mm-hmm. for being boys. Now I don't think I, Oh my gosh. Yeah, this is a boys junior high 100%. boy experience yeah. movie and I don't expect in fact I was talking to a coworker um you know she had basically said that uh it's a great movie for boys yeah and then she said we have uh what was it called then and now oh yeah right <laughs> she's <laughs> like the same thing. she's like it was basically then, our sandlot
1: that makes sense And uh, my, and, my and wife I, watched the sandlot with me and uh she called it a sexist movie
0: that's interesting
1: i i i said much the same thing her thing was that the the only women in it are his mother and Wendy Peffercorn mm-hmm. and the only other reference that she recalled um, to girls is through insult. insults. <laughs> you yeah. play, you play like a girl, and then when um, they they think it's too hot outside to play, Benny says something about like, "Where's their mother's bras?" Like, any, yeah. Any, and then any when the to, like, uh, what's weakness? what's the catcher's name? Part of his trash talk when
0: they're batting is, "Is that your sister out there?" Maybe, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, which, yeah. So, I laughed at that part.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was uh, kind of uh, like you could see Seth Rogen playing that part. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That sort of just riffing. I thought that scene kind of worked too. But yeah, it was, uh, is it a sexist movie is an interesting question. To me, sexist implies, uh, you know, negative intent. Whereas I think the movie, it it does play a lot from the the mindset of an an elementary, middle school age boy. yeah, And it, there's any sexism, it is from an area of ignorance. ignorance. Exactly. You just don't know anything about girls. Yeah. Like,
0: I I had the same thought this week as I was watching it. And, and I, that's what I came to the conclusion of. It does not bother me because the, if it's sexist, it's because junior high boys are sexist, (laughs) that this is the way that the boys think about sex. Yeah. It's true. The only girls in this movie are small's mom. Mm -hmm. Who's a mom. Nothing more. And I don't think she's got a name. I, she probably doesn't. She's just mom. I mean... But Bill's Bill. Yeah. Yeah. And because he's the stepdad. He yeah. hasn't quite earned dad. Yeah. Right. I think by the end of the movie, he does call him dad, actually. Well, he
1: calls him dad throughout, but he
0: waffles okay. between dad and dad. Uh, can... But. Yeah. So, anyways, and then there's Wendy Peppercorn. The, she's obviously little more than an object of sexual desire. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess, to me, it, it perfectly captures that sexual awakening as boys start to notice women. Mm-hmm. And I want to put women in quotes because I feel like as a concept, women, not, as a concept, not women. as human beings. And I want to say women instead of girls, because the other thing that was interesting is you don't see any girl peers in this movie at all. That's true. They're never even
1: in there. That's true. Except I think they get vomited on in the. Yes. But ca- even then, they scene. seem
0: maybe a little bit older, um, like they were the high school yeah, dates or something like that.
1: Um Because I feel like
0: I wonder if that's intentional, though, because I kind of remember being that age. You're still at that age where girls are kind of gross. Yeah. Your peers are gross. The girls are gross. But at the same time, there's this paradox of you're starting to notice women. Yeah. You're preferring to still be around boys all the time at this age. Mm -hmm. I think. That's what's great about this as a junior high movie because I think by the time you get to high school and there's tons of nostalgic movies about high school, American mm-hmm. Graffiti, Can't Hardly Wait. And but by then the girls have won out. You know, it is no longer, yeah. it is no longer a, a a surprise or a new thing that the guys are chasing the girls. This is right. what happens at that age. But this is still an age where you haven't come to that yet. Yeah, and the girls of your peer group. Are not they're the gross girls still, but you're still (laughs) noticing the a little bit older girls, right? And and there's something very alluring and hypnotizing about that. Um, I guess what I come back to is is it sexist? I mean, it's only sexist in the sense that that's the way boys are finally starting to awaken to this kind of thing uh, at that exact age. I just again, I think this movie is so true in a way that I don't think a family film could even be now. Yeah. Um, about what it's like to be a junior high boy.
1: Yeah. I think I think that's true. It's uh I mean boys don't know what sort of sweeping statement they're making when they make you play like a girl be an insult
0: right I mean it would be about the same as is calling what squints does to Wendy Peppercorn as sexual assault yeah I mean, it's true it's it's not I mean yeah. in and in fact um, it's smalls in, in the in the overdub from him reflecting back on what squints had done it says what he'd done was sneaky wrong and cool you know <laughs> it's, like, it's like the perfect way to package that yeah as looking through back as a what it was like what the way you thought of that incident as a junior high boy right right <laughs> now if I was a 30 year old man yeah, and I had so done that, to, that would be sexual Patrick. assault
1: <laughs> <laughs> yikes so watching it this time did you uh was there anything was it just a joyous experience a, a joyous return to your childhood or were there things that as an adult you were like well <laughs> yeah were there there was there was one Big
0: one. And that was, um well, I do not remember it playing out like this at all as a kid. But I, okay, so in one sense, I think this movie is a little ahead of its time because it does play so well to both adults and kids. um And maybe you don't agree.
1: I don't know. You're looking at me like you don't think you agree with that. I, I mean, I guess I do in that it played sort of well to me as an adult, but I also don't think it played well to me as a kid. I feel even like even a kid who really wanted to see it and liked sports. Okay,
0: I guess I feel like maybe... But that's just me personally. This is around the time still where the family film as a genre hadn't mm-hmm. really kind of been ironed out as yeah. far as what it is as a business model. Right. So you still have things like, um, years, a be- couple years before, things like Stand By Me and Goonies and things like that. And they are movies that, like Goonies especially, is one that I think can appeal to kids, uh, like junior high kids. Mm-hmm. But it almost tends to sway a little bit more to the adult side of things. And I think later on the pendulum swung the other way where family films were much more about pleasing the kids or making it safe for the kids, uh, from the adult's point of view. Right. Um, and I think Sandlot was sort of this, it's kind of a little closer to the middle Mm -hmm. than say something like Goonies is or Stand By Me. Um, and so I guess, um, where it started to lean a little bit more towards traditional family film fare is where I started to kind of I didn't remember it being like that at all mm-hmm. the, the, this is the big scene I'm thinking of is when um, when Benny finally gets the ball the great man yeah. ball and he's running from the beast it just gets, chase scene uh, is horrible. it's cringeworthy it yeah. really is and I don't rem- I don't even remember I remember him being chased I, I do too, not yeah? remember any of that cake scene oh with my like, gosh if you if it's been a while since you've seen the movie there's like this really slapstick but bad slapstick kind of thing where these two pastry chefs are holding a cake giant cake (laughs) a layered cake and and you just know what's going to happen is that and you know that benny and and um and the beast hercules is 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 running right towards it there's also right before that they're running through a movie
1: theater and the dog comes through the screen yeah because Um, like they they cut away randomly we didn't even know there was this auditorium whatever like all of a sudden we're in the middle of the chase scene cut to people watching the the wolfman and in all these yeah i don't know what what the wolfman has to do with it well and then they were then you, they kept cutting back and forth all, it, all i think the only joke there is that the people would have been extra scared that a dog came through the screen because, because they're they were already watching and... about a man being bitten by wow. a dog but like you don't see any audience react like it's just the dumbest it is it's, it's dumb like, it's like forty-five seconds to a minute of the chase scene is yeah. taken up setting that joke up, and then they don't even like try to make it pay off. It's it's terrible. And the
0: cuts in it are like this weird kaboom edit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, was yeah. Like this weird, like, it was like I don't know that, how to even explain it. It's yeah. like a they're like it, it's like a graphic. Sort of <laughs> it's a graphic through. of like this big boom, like yeah, cloud thing, yeah, and that's yeah. how you switch in the editing to a new scene in that's this great. So cra- I don't know if maybe it's because they had just watched Raising Arizona and they thought this was like a fun thing they could do like that. Or maybe it was just some I don't, producer. I would not give them that credit. No, I guess I, I was trying to be as charitable as I possibly could in that. I just, I can only hope that maybe it was a, a studio producer or someone saying this needs to have something that appeals a more directly to the kids in the I audience. Know. I don't know. Um, it didn't need to be there. I don't know. You could have that chase scene. You could have done it a totally different way. Um, but it also kind of starts to diminish this thing that I really think the movie was trying to say about Benny sort of building up his legend. Um, you know, he's making this big decision to go after this beast, you know, to face it, face it head on. Yeah. You know, he has that vision from the babe, the, the Great yeah. Bambino, and it says the big tagline of the movie, which I think is the sort of deep thing they want you to get from this, which is the, um, heroes get remembered, uh, Legends never die, mm-hmm. and this is like everyone has a moment that they have to face. It's kind of the the sort of where they try to put the field of dreams kind of right. uh, inspiration into the movie. Now you feel like it that the chase scene diminished Benny's legend. Um, I just feel like the tone of the movie right before that. Oh yeah, was actually it was about the closest you would get to any sort of emotional pull in the yeah, movie.
1: I can see that because it was a really tough choice for him to make. It was a tough choice of- to make.
0: And you get this, um, this is really where Benny all throughout the movie. Benny is a character who kind of rises above, um, as far as the choices that he makes sort of, he's got this almost, um, vision of, of almost like he's got a, a He's in a he's in a world all his own in a sense, but in a good way in a sort and he plays the leader because he just seems to be kind of above everyone, but not in an arrogant sort of way, right just as a person who tends to kind of see things um more holistically, have a better way of understanding the world that mm-hmm. we all should
1: aspire to, things like that, you <laughs> yeah. know yeah, you know that kid, you know that kid well, about Benny, I did want to say I think the character was good like the character is well written he's not he's not unbelievably good like Mm -hmm. i think he's plausibly just sort of a quiet good talented kid i thought the actor was so flat oh yeah yeah like he had very little charisma i thought Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's something
0: i can really judge
1: acting ability is it's terrible like some
0: of his line readings i was was seriously i was impressed that these kids actually did seem to know how to play ball a little bit Yeah, I mean, they actually. I kind of wonder when they're casting if they had to decide. All right, are we going to take people who actually know how to catch a baseball, or they know how to act? And they kind of had to choose one way or the other
1: in some of these casting decisions. That's true. Um, Yeah, you're right. I I I didn't think that the kids were like phenomenal actors. I think child acting actually has come a long way. Yeah. um, In the last few years, but it also didn't kill it for me. Like, I still think Benny's a good character and somebody that I can plausibly see. Looking up to as a kid, and even though the acting isn't great.
2: I need the practice, guys. You're the best on the team. I you don't need know. any practice. No, you don't. You're the best, man. Come on, Benny, man. The kid is a L7 Weenie. Yeah, yeah. Oscar Mayer, even foot long, Dodger dog, a Weenie. <laughs> 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 <Whoa>. <laughs> 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 Laughing at yeah, yeah. You were like a duck but I'm. I'm part of the game, right? Yeah. Now, how come he don't get to be? Because he's a geek, man. He can't a geek. catch. Man, base up, you blockheads. Uh,
0: you know, he is the one that brings in Smalls, basically mm-hmm. defends him for everyone. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was interesting about this movie that I thought was very real is their portrayal of bullying. Even mm-hmm. that, I think especially now that there's such a bully advocacy campaign going on right now, which I don't, I'm not knocking at all. That's a very legitimate thing. It's a legitimate issue in schools, bullying. Yep. But what I thought this movie did very well is represent that bullying isn't always as cut and dry as once a bully, always a bully. Mm-hmm. Or it's not as cut and dry as, you know, um, once you're a victim, you're going to be constantly bullied by this person. Yeah. There's a spectrum there. And I think this movie, especially in that junior high age, it kind of showed this realistic situation that can happen where the bullies actually end up becoming friends. Yeah. And that there's, when you're that age, you tend to just, in general, bully whatever is unfamiliar. Yeah. Well, and that just, if you have someone like Benny that basically just rises comes above in, that. rises above that. He says, yeah, we
1: don't know. So let's give him the benefit of that Right? Yeah, ridicule him. And I think that's the same thing with the sexism thing. Is is it sexist just because they're ignorant of girls? Are they bullies just because they're doing what comes which kids do naturally? They right. they reject what They don't know. I mean, they're mean to this kid.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's kind of lingering behind them in the group, and, you know, they are not really hiding the fact that they're name calling him uh, and not in a trash talking sort of way, but more in a sort of this kid's a loser, L7 weenie, you know, and the kid's right there. He can hear everything, you know, and and that's bullying. I mean, if we were going to look at that as a a school administrator or as, uh, you know, someone who is, um, you know, I'm not trying to belittle. The right, real issue of bullying, but I just think that by and large, a lot of times, bullying it, it often takes a form more like what's in The Sandlot. Sometimes,
1: right, and I, it's surmountable, and it's it's something that you can grow through. I think I, I agree that bullying is a problem, and that bully, um, you know, the the awareness of bullying is is something that we should be keeping in mind, but I also think that that you could get uh, kind of a hair trigger on what you call bullying and what you step in on and what you like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like I remember there were, you know, when you were a kid, you got made fun of and you had to either prove yourself worthy or find other people to go hang out with. And like, granted, if those people continue to like follow you and ridicule you and you can't get away and it's not, but yeah. I mean, I was not a
0: kid where friendship always came easily. Yeah. And I remember being, I guess, what you would call maybe bullying. But the funny thing is, in a lot of those cases, not all of them, but in some of those cases, the people who I remember bullying me ended up becoming some of my best friends. Yeah, no, it was interesting. Sure. That was just the way it worked. This is the way the social situation works. And I don't know if I've seen another movie other than The Sandlot. Maybe you know yeah. the other one that did actually. There was a there was a tinge of it with a performance by Squints in Freaks and Geeks.
2: <laughs> That's <laughs> true, Freaks and
1: Geeks. <laughs> but I, I think uh, it's in other movies. Uh, of the time and it's actually something uh movies of that time I, is something I want to talk about Mighty Ducks you've got when Adam Banks joins the 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 Ducks right he's I remember that cool he yeah. mocked for being rich and whatever and then he ends up becoming you know yeah cake eater is now uh, appropriated to be a positive <laughs> uh, <laughs> so i uh, i think at the time it was something that was shown but you're right the sandlot definitely um approaches it i, I will say that i think that scene is a bit quick and silly where they're like, this kid's terrible. He's He's all right. And then like (laughs) he closes, squints his eyes, like has his glove up and Benny magically hits Hits the ball into his hand. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, that kid's okay. Like it was really quick. Right. Like, Whatever uh, you've, you've got to be economical with your time and stuff, but I, yeah. I just remember that being ben, very, Benny's. Oh, well, that's pretty abrupt. Benny's perfect hit into the glove was a little bit too much of a plot device for you, yeah. But I also can remember, like, again, if if this is a movie through the eyes of kids, like, how many times did you like tell a story that was like, and he hit it right into his hand, yeah, yeah, and it was like, man, well, maybe you didn't, whatever. But like, well, and maybe this is that, even that still- detail wasn't what was important. What was important was that you made that that. Right, the ball ended up in your glove. Yeah. However, that happened, and if everybody remembers it happening that way, then that's how it happened.
0: And maybe this is yet another reason why that movie is so close to my heart is because I was the outfielder in Pee Wee. I was the yeah. guy who I was terrible at baseball. I loved playing it, but I was terrible at it. <laughs> so I was in left field every single game. You sure you went
1: right field? I was left field. So oh, maybe I was. Maybe oh, okay. I wasn't.
0: There was there was one kid that there's was a worse kid than from your childhood and listening I was, to this, and I was second, yeah.
1: wiping a tear. <laughs>
0: His name was David. <laughs> uh, David. And he, Sorry. Yeah. And he was the name. he was and I was the second last to bat, and he was the one right behind me. So <laughs> we were like the two worst ones. But but uh, I do I remember um I would be petrified every time a ball got hit my way, but oh, one really? time I did exactly what Smalls did. I just, just put, put my hand up. I just put my hand up and I caught it and it was like you oh, should And you're a lefty too. so you I was put a lefty. your right hand up. Yes. looking even more like a goon. I know. They were they were uh, they were all shaking their heads as the ball was in the air. <laughs> but but, uh, but I caught the thing and it was like this memory that still yeah. very much sticks with me because I can remember the bleachers just like they were just ecstatic because they couldn't believe I actually caught the ball. Yeah. But I, but the and funny thing mind is like,
1: where the bleachers like full and it was like a huge noise. Yeah. I'm sure it was like seven parents. It, you're probably
0: right. <laughs> and two of them were my parents. Yeah. But,
1: That's but, but I, I just remember, I just
0: remember that so well and so vividly. And I think maybe baseball is just a good, um, it's just one of those sports that a lot of us played at that age, and yeah. it creates those kind of memories for you. Mm-hmm. Um, these very, almost larger-than-life
1: memories, uh, a lot of times, so. Yeah. That's funny, I am i mean, I'm for people who don't know me, I'm pretty tall, and I've always been tall, and I think that that helps when you're a kid. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I know that helps. I was, if I was the object of ridicule, it was fairly short-lived. Mm-hmm because i either had good enough self esteem that it like kind of rolled off me or i do remember just kind of attacking people yeah <laughs> not like not like losing my mind but just like you can't talk to me that way and right. throwing somebody down a hill yeah and that so, was the end of it probably yeah so i wonder if that affected how i watched this movie that like maybe as an adult i've got more insecurities than i did as a kid <laughs> so I, I identify with smalls more now yeah. than i did when i was back then and I just watched it and been like, well, I'm not quite Benny, but I'm nobody else, right? Like, like, so I just didn't connect with the movie. I don't know. Well, I guess maybe that's a good point because maybe this
0: movie is actually <laughs> it's in a lot of ways for the insecure or for all mm-hmm. the insecurities that we maybe have, yes. Yeah. And and it's kind of this this interesting portrayal of how how we deal with this, how we hide it. And how other people react to it, and yeah. eventually how we all basically end up either forming a friendship around it. or uh, And I think the movie's also real about the way these friendships often end up.
1: Yep. You know, yeah. that they
0: all just kind of go their own way. I really and, liked you know.
1: that. I really yeah. liked that it doesn't, it's not ham fisted in its message. Like there isn't a huge thing Smalls needs to overcome. And maybe it's good then that a scene is abrupt because they don't belabor it. It's just, yeah, okay, and then this kid got better. And it doesn't dry, like, it's not, like, be like Benny or, like, right. anything. There's no real villain. There's no bad guy. Right. Um, in, in
0: fact, I was, uh, I, I feel like we bring him up in every single podcast, but I was reading Roger Ebert's review of The Sandlot, mm-hmm. and he brought up the really good point that this is a sports movie with not even a big game.
1: Right, yeah.
0: There's, there's no big game in this, you exactly. know?
1: Exactly. I thought about that, too, that it's it's not for the, only the athletically inclined, you know? Yeah. like. Which is probably why I liked it so much could be. It, No it could be I, um, But I really liked at the end That he just talks about yeah there was one friend We never heard from him again There's another friend who stuck around There's another yeah. friend who I've heard from Every now and then And yeah. then there's one friend that I'm still Pretty close with Right. And that's yeah. totally fine like, I kept in touch with those guys over the years And I found out that Yaya's parents Shipped them
0: off to military school After the army, he became one of the pioneering developers of bungee jumping. Of course, we all know why. Bertram, well, Bertram got really into the 60s, and no one ever saw him again. Timmy and Tommy became an architect and a contractor. They started out small, designing playground equipment and prefabricated tree houses. But they became multimillionaires when they invented mini-malls.
1: Well, I, I I wondered, as I watched this, why this movie endures for people. Why this is the movie that people quote constantly. I mean, honestly, I, I don't think I go a week without hearing, you're killing me, Smalls. But I mean, this movie does hit all the marks of movies aimed at kids from that time. You've got the Slavs versus snobs in that one game where they play the Tigers, all the kids who have bikes, and they've got their own field, and they've got uniforms. They yeah. play that one game. You've got Oldies music, which like that was shorthand for everybody enjoy yourselves. Yeah uh, in the early 90s. Um you've got harebrained schemes using like all these elaborate contraptions. Like there's almost like a yeah. home alone element to there that. There is, one, yeah, with the erector time, sets. The right. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you've got the uh, slobbery dogs, which as I thought <laughs> about it, was actually kind of more of a trope than uh I initially remembered. You've got Beethoven. Turner Turner that's true huge, like, oh gosh you remember that scene dogs? in Beethoven
0: where he's like muddy on the bed and yes. he's looking at him like oh no yeah. there's just that slow motion like yes. slobber and dirt everywhere right like, still
1: grosses me out. what was it with the early 90s and dog <laughs> slobber and why <laughs> people and you even have that the mean old man who turns out to be like crazy nice yeah at the end that's, this movie just kind of hits all these hallmarks but I wondered why this movie and not mighty ducks not little giants Not the big green, heavyweights, little big league, rookie of the year, angels in the outfield. Like People will remember angels in the outfield, mainly because of Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but you will never, I I can't quote angels in the outfield. We both can quote rookie of the year. (laughs) (laughs) At least the one
0: name in it, the the funky butt loving. Yes. Everyone knows that. If
1: you don't know that, then go see rookie of the year. I'd actually be interested to see if it remains on cuts of it. Funky butt loving? Yeah. I can see them taking that out. To something else. Or like, just cutting it. I've yeah. seen that in some movies. Do you remember the movie um, Blank Check? Yeah. There was a scene where he says, like, uh, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And he talks about one way is to put, like, a hose in its butt and, like, it expands, whatever. They just completely cut that out <laughs> in, when I s- caught it on TV. Maybe on the I Criterion did. Edition. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll uh, but so why why this movie? What What separates it?
0: Well, and you're not the only one asking this question. We actually got an email uh, this week from uh listener, Jason, mm-hmm. um, who kind of was asking a little bit of the same thing. He, d- he just didn't seem to understand why people go so crazy for the film. He said, I've seen The Sandlot at least five times. And to be completely honest, I've never understood why people go crazy for this film. It's entertaining though. The story is cohesive and I guess it definitely has remarkable characters and quotable lines. But for some reason it never had the life changing effect for me that it seemed to have for many of my peers. I really only kind of like it. And the five times that I've seen it has more to do with the continued attempts to try and figure out what I'm, what I'm missing. On top of that, the film is so widely loved for me to not get it was always an area of forced embarrassment. Too many times I've nodded along and smiled to the phrase "You're killing me, Smalls." Mm. So you're not the only one that's that's asking these questions. I, I are you are you asking me or are you just? are asking you some sort of conclusion. No, I haven't
1: come to any conclusion because if you, uh,
0: you know. What, okay, so this is the weird thing that I feel like with The Sandlot is that even though the kid actors aren't that great and um in a lot of ways are kind of delivering their lines, I can't really explain it, but there seems to be almost a little bit more of a conversational feel to the dialogue than in some of the other movies that felt a little bit more scripted to me. Obviously, we know this is a heavily scripted movie, but I don't know, like there's the scene in the treehouse and um and there's also some weird cinematic style elements that you don't see in some of those movies, like The Legend of the Beast and the Forever. You want to know what makes people remember that is the close up of the dude with the mustache and his lips yeah. and the black and white. And I mean, there's something about that that's a cinematic throwback that I yeah. don't think you get. There's also a cinematic throwback to The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly when Benny is facing off the Beast. I mean, it's almost oh, yeah. cut for cut, sort of that wide angle shot. Yeah. And. And so maybe it's some of these little flares in the movie that just kind of make it stick out a little bit more.
1: Mm. Uh, I don't know. The the Sandlot's a lot less plot driven. That's than true any too. of those movies. And maybe that is part of what makes it more relatable to people that you that there are elements of it that you feel like you can enjoy that the movie doesn't hinge on. The movie mm. doesn't rely on. You don't like the chase scene? Yeah, that's fine what about the game where they played under the yeah. fireworks? It's what almost like trip a trip sort a of like, like, Yeah.
0: It's almost like a series of vignettes. You could almost break yeah, it down. It is into, in, it, and it that's is more what,
1: in line with American graffiti or Dazed yeah. and Confused.
0: The, the plot really isn't all that important in this movie. In fact, the real crisis in the movie doesn't happen until I think close to 50 minutes into it, where you actually lose the baseball to the right. beast, which is really the most plot driven element in the story. Is, yeah. Is, how are they going to get this baseball? You know, yeah. one thing I do want to do is that we do, we, I want to talk about our poll a little bit to oh, talk wait. about how that shook out. And, um, we'd had, uh, just like every, uh, every, period before our episode we tell you what we're going to talk about and we um ask you to give us some feedback about what you thought of this movie and um i think we kind of predicted that because this was such a a sort of a childhood staple of so much of our listening right group our target demographic yeah that we we kind of thought that this was going to be a a big love it camp yeah. Um. And, you know, for the most part, I think it did basically shake out that way. Um, yeah. You had 50%. And we also changed up the poll a little bit. We added a few more options. We did, yeah. <laughs> to diversify <laughs> a little bit. You could either love it. You could say that you really liked this movie. um, You could say that you thought Sandlot was okay. Or uh, you could say that you were not a fan of the Sandlot. Mm-hmm. And, um, the way it shook out was half, that's 50% of our listeners love this movie. Not even a tinge of, uh, really liked it. Yeah. This was
1: love, love this movie. Half yeah. of our listeners. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Like I said, I hear you're killing me smalls probably every week. Right. And yeah, I'm not surprised by that.
0: It's like if we were going to pull
1: the AFI
0: and put Citizen Kane up there. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, and then we had 20% of you really liked this movie and then, um, 30% said it was okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, nobody said they weren't a fan of the
1: Sandlot. Well, that doesn't surprise me because I don't think it's a movie that deserves ire. Like if, if I think maybe at some point in my life where I was feeling more elitist, I would have said, well, I hate that movie just because everybody likes it. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, as you can guess, I I said I thought it was okay. Uh, I don't know if I could change my vote to really like it. I think I would, I would campaign. You're still for, saying oh, I would it's campaign just okay? for a fifth, fifth, uh, a fifth choice. For it wasn't enough <laughs> because the leap from it's okay to I really liked it is right now a bigger one than I'm willing to take. Here's how I would change my vote. Okay. Before I watched it again, I said it's a okay. Now I'm changing it to. It's okay. so
0: okay. So you're saying in the next poll we might need to have audio clips yeah, of people's we'll to, inflections I'll be of these poll yeah. questions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can tell the elitist. ugh, Not a fan. And then you've got the. Ah, not a fan. So every choice is going to have two There's options a gradient within that, right? So I thought this movie was okay. I'm all, I'm all right with the sandlot. Yeah, I liked it. I'd say, whatever whatever I have to say about the Sandlot, I will say in a high-pitched voice. Okay.
0: Okay. And I guess that's an improvement over the baritone I kept hearing it in before. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> that would be my character Well, I guess name. that would the- be my character name in
0: the Sandlot. Your character would be, this is Ryan. It's okay, it's Evelyn. Because okay. yeah. <laughs> everything just okay. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the best I can ask for at this point. I mean, if you did give it a chance. I and genuinely did,
1: hope that you know that this is like a positive thing. I'm not, I'm not just being. Yeah. Okay. What would, it, what would this movie have had to
0: have done? It would have had to be funny on, again. Like, so it's, just, it's the fact that it's, yeah, I guess if you, if you don't find this movie funny and that's something it's certainly trying to do right. to be funny and you don't think it delivers on that level. No. That's a really hard thing to argue. Uh, yeah, what, what it people is. find funny and what they don't find funny, but, uh, I I you know I didn't change a bit. I I'm I still sure. love this you movie probably, much. You probably probably yeah. just stamped an extra love it on there. I yeah, if I could. If I could say love it in a higher pitch. <laughs> if I could say sandlot love it. You can. I just did. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying Is that I'm going to do that. Oh, that's so your thing now. That's okay. my thing. That's that's I'm you. Nate. Love it,
1: Gus. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. So for our next episode, we're going to switch things up a little bit. Nate, why don't you tell them what the plan is?
0: Yeah, so we both noticed that uh, Time Out New York just last Wednesday, this uh, April 16th, published their 100 Best Animated Movies of All Time. And we noticed that number one on that list spoiler alert, I guess. I don't know. We'll definitely want to put the link up, but number one they picked was Disney's Pinocchio, a classic. And we were talking and realized that neither one of us really remember that film all that
1: much. So I haven't seen it since I was a kid.
0: Yeah, we thought it'd be a good idea. It's a little bit of a change from our regular format, but we thought it'd be a good idea to revisit that movie together uh, to see if we do actually
1: agree with each other on that movie. Yeah, or whether we agree with Time Out. So instead of Nate and I sparring with one another, we're going to team up and take on Time Out New York specifically yeah I think it's a pretty even match I think so I think so yeah
0: so we're gonna do Pinocchio and I really hope that you guys join us on this Uh, you know grab the grab the Blu-ray or DVD and and give it a watch yeah and and let us know as you're doing it what you think of the movie Uh, remember to check out the website canwestillbefriends.net where you'll be able to give us an email uh, give us a phone call Um, the number again is 847 306 9532. Let us know your experience, maybe watching Pinocchio the first time, any weird memories you have of it, because it's kind of a weird movie from what I remember.
1: Yeah, or uh, if you have something to say about The Sandlot or other movies that have uh, impacted your childhood, do you think Sandlot is the one that should be remembered as the greatest of the children's movies as it seems to be? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're now on the Stitcher app Yep. Find us there. Uh, talk to us on Twitter, Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes. Give us a review if review. you don't mind. Yeah. We'll uh-huh.
0: have the on the podcast episode itself. Make sure you comment if you don't feel like doing the email or call, call thing. Just comment on the uh, website itself and we'll talk a little bit uh, with you about all the past episodes we have up there.
1: Yep. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So
0: anyways, thanks for listening again. And uh, until next time, keep on uh, trucking.
1: <laughs> uh.